You're listening to the Kingdom Flow Podcast. I'm Kyle Jones. And I'm Ian Sperry. Now more than ever, we're in a time where Christians need to rise up. Business owners and corporate executives have a great opportunity to capture hearts by living out their faith, holding the line that's being challenged every day. Listen in as we work to uncover ways to help you live your life by design and challenge the norm by breaking down barriers and truly encouraging you to go all in on your faith. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe to the show on the platform of your choice. Let's go. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for another opportunity to just talk about you, just talk about you in every situation in our lives, Lord. And, and so we just honor you with this time. We give it to you and we pray that um, the listeners are able to receive from you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, we're back here with another special guest. We got Seth Dahl with us. Yeah. Seth, thanks for joining us, man. Yeah, so good to be here. So we're still here at the Kingdom Leadership Summit. So we've done a this, the listeners this place is packed, son. It's packed. It's There's a lot of great stuff going on. We had Phil Nico, you know, Trey began. Yep. And now we've got Seth, who knows what the night entails for us. We might have him. some some uh, special guests just drop in. We're gonna leave the studio up. Maybe, maybe we'll we'll say a little prayer before that's right. Let God create a path for a special guest after. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's fun. We've done this one other time where we've just had other special guests coming in, and we know everybody's schedules are pretty crazy when they when they come in. So really appreciate you taking the time yes. to to sit with us. You know, I hadn't really heard much about you, only because um, you know I'm pretty you know in my own world in terms of uh, social yeah. media and certain things. But I think the listeners are really going to learn a lot today yes. from. Uh, what you have to offer and just even just a little bit about your background and just the calling that God has on your life. That's typically where we like to to start. But um, yeah, I mean, you you now live in Austin, but yeah. I know you didn't start there. So no. tell us a little bit about your background and uh, take it however you want. Yeah, well, I grew up in Iowa in um, the Des Moines area, so capital city, but uh my mom was like a really strong Christian, like 5 a.m. every day, praying, reading the Bible. Uh, but when I was really young, my parents got divorced. And so it was just me and my mom for a long time. And and then uh, I think I was about eight and a half, nine. She came and said, I'm getting remarried. Mm. And like, I've been processing through this a lot recently, but I realized at that moment, I I kind of lost trust in God in my prayers because I prayed for my dad to come back. I prayed for mm. my family to get back together. And it's like when she told me that, I was like, I lost that. I also lost like, I feel like I lost confidence in my voice, like mm. what my needs, what I care about doesn't matter anymore. And so it was a super, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, that was a that was obviously my parents getting divorced when I was little was a huge factor for me. But then that moment, I think, kind of threw me yeah. into a tailspin. And eventually, you know, I grew up in a, in a Christian school. She sent me to a Christian school. So I knew all the Bible stories. One thing I like to say is like I, I knew the Bible and I didn't know the author. Mm. And so, you know, over time, I think when I was 16, just started getting in trouble, messing around, stealing stuff, just getting cigarettes and stealing CDs. And 
I remember we were listening to like Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg and all those guys. <laughs> in Iowa? In Iowa. In Iowa. <laughs> totally were. Easy E, NWA. <laughs> and I told my friend in the Christian school, I was like, we're listening to all this music about drugs. Like, why don't we do them? Why don't we try them? He's like, what? I'm like, yeah, we sing about this. We talk mm. about this. Why don't we try something? So he wow. he had gone to a public school before, so he gets me some weed, and we smoke this weed, and I get expelled from my Christian school. Wow. And my dad, because we were still in relationship, he just lived somewhere else. My dad's like, you either go to military school or you homeschool, get a job, and get straight A's and work and do all that. I said, I'm not going to military school. I'm too small. I'm, I don't want to... <laughs> I was just scared, you know. <laughs> like I'm not a big dude. I'm I'm short. I don't do that. And you mean you mean Dr. Dre didn't give you some confidence? Tell him no, 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 no. no, 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 no. I had enough confidence to try some yeah, drugs. Sure. That's all. Yeah. And uh, so I did homeschool and got like got a job and did really really good. I just put myself back on track. But over time, I just. It was just a downhill slope yeah. from there, you know, started smoking weed again. And then you know, I, uh, one day my guy that always got us the weed was like, there's no, we can't find any anywhere, but we could get some Coke. I'm like, bro, I don't want to do that. He's like, well, we can, because what we did back then was we would get like an ounce of weed. We'd all get high. We'd sell the rest and then pay back our guy and get more. And so we just kind of like got to get high for free. So then my friend's like, well, if we get coke, we can get higher and make more money. I'm like, all right, we'll try it. So then I start snorting coke. And the first time I ever tried it, I said, if I don't stay away from this, it's going to ruin my life. Wow. And so before I knew it, like it's three weeks in, two weeks in, and we're just snorting coke every day, really crazy. Mm -hmm. And then our coke guy shows up and he's a Mexican guy. He's like, no coca, no coca, only crystal. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. My mm -hmm. friend's like, if you, if we do crystal, we can get higher and make more, more money. money. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so let's do that. So we do this. Oh, man. Then it was two weeks later. I hadn't slept. I hadn't eaten food. And it's been two weeks. And we're like, what is this? Like, I'm done. So I wow. started trying to get rid of all of it and like wearing rubber gloves like i didn't want to touch it because yeah. every if i touched it it would go i could feel it in my body wow and so we like we got rid of that then i started like just snorting coke doing everything i could to avoid meth on my own you know like you replace one drug with the other so try yeah. to say you're good but you're still addicted and then ecstasy shows up well we were like messing with acid and all that and then but ecstasy came in back in the day like we, no one ever had it. Yeah. And so we got all these pills and I tried that and I said, wow. forget everything else. This is all I want to do. So we just went nuts. Like How we were, old were you at that time? 21. Okay. And we, so we just started snorting ecstasy every day, eating it, snorting it. It was horrible, horrible. So and you got into it when you said you were around 16? 16 so was when I started doing drugs in general yeah. six years later. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're then it got just into a mix, just mixing it all up, like Coke and... Whatever you get your hands on it. Yeah, point. everything, whatever you can get. And so all of that is happening. At some point, I'm like, I'm done. I, I had, a, my friend got me a job at a really nice restaurant, like a famous 
I mean, for Iowa, it was like the biggest, <laughs> best. It was the biggest it was the be- yeah, it was yeah. not famous. Uh, that's for sure. It was Taco Bell. Yeah. No, no I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> well, I learned later the the owner of the um, of the restaurant was using it just to bring in drugs from the Mexico. Oh, right. Yeah. So, Jeez. but it was a very nice restaurant. Like I was almost a chef. We had oh, wow. six chefs on staff. Like it was legit. legit yeah. And um, so we're just going crazy. But I got fired from that job mm-hmm. and it really messed me up because I think it was the only thing kind of keeping me sort of grounded was like, I do drugs all the time, but I also have this job that I interact yeah. with people and mm-hmm. I'm not just an addict anymore. And I lost it and I just got like suicidal wow. and stuck a gun in my mouth at night and by myself in my apartment. Like, I wish I, I said, I, I said to myself, I wish I would have listened to my parents. I wish I would have listened to my teachers. I wow. wish I would have listened to my pastors. Wow. I wish I could start my life over. I wish I could just be born again. And I heard myself say that. And somebody walks in the room and I hear this voice. I don't know if it was out loud or if it was just full on clear as day in my head. It sounded out loud to me. And he said, you must be born again. And I was like, I knew who it was because I grew up in kids church in children's ministry. So I said, Jesus, if you're real, I ruined my life. If you can make me born again, I need you to, or I'm going to end it. And I just started weeping and fell asleep, weeping, confessing all my sins, and woke up the next day totally delivered from all the drugs and like just never, never had a relapse, never had a... um, Did you have any withdrawals? Nothing. Wow. Nothing I was not expecting that story to take that sharp turn like that. I'm blown away. That is crazy. Yeah, I recently took my family. We were in Iowa, and I I prayed. I said, God, I'd love to show my family the apartment. And I totally forgot I even prayed it. And we're leaving out of town to come home. And I drive, and I see the apartment complex. I'm like, guys, we have to pull over. So we go off in there. And so I took my kids there and my wife there. I said, this is the wall where Jesus walked through that Mm. wall right there into my room when I had the gun in my mouth on the bed right there. Like they were standing. Oh man, it was so powerful for me to go, this is the place where he found me and brought me out of that. That's so awesome. How old are your kids? uh, 13, 10, and seven. So they get it. Mm -hmm. So you were were still 21 when I guess you had this encounter? 23 when it happened. So a couple more years after. Wow. That's so at, so at 23 you you find the lord um what 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 transpires or what takes place yeah. after that well i had told somewhere in there i think right right after he said you must be born again somewhere in there i said if you get me out of this this was kind of my go to prayer like when i would get in trouble <laughs> in junior high and high school i'm like god if you get me out of this i promise i'll never do it again right so i said god if you get me out of this I heard myself say it again. It wasn't like I premeditated this or anything. I said, if you get me out of this, I'll help kids not go down the path that I went down. Mm. And so something inside me was like, I'll help kids. Now my mom tells me, she's like, Seth, I knew when you were one years old that you were going to help kids. Like she just knew it. Can I just say something though on that? Because I think there's, I think a lot of people might hear that and be like, man, that is just not real. Like that, that's never happened to me. Yeah. Mm. But I just think that there's something that there's a, I think it's grace, a big part of that. Um, but we, you know, we, even when we were interviewing Trey 
on the previous podcast, and we've interviewed somebody earlier this year, Kyle Brownlee. Mm-hmm. Like y'all have similar yeah. a similar story, but you also have a similar like I can, you know, Kyle's very passionate. You and Trey are are a little bit more reserved, but I can see it in your eyes, and I can see that you've you've had um, this incredible encounter with Jesus that basically picked you up off rock bottom, like yeah. you have hit rock bottom, and the only thing you knew to do was. If you do this, Jesus, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And I think there's grace in those types of prayers when we're at rock bottom. Yeah. And I don't know. That was just an observation that I made. But um, yeah. So, so you prayed that prayer and, and he's, yeah, he, he put the, 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 the burden and the desire to help, help kids. kids. Yeah. Yeah. So, like two days later, I see an old friend from junior high that we used to get in trouble together named Josh and we pull off. We're at an intersection. We like wave. We pull off. I'm like, Josh, I'm a Christian again. He's like, Seth, I'm a youth pastor. Come to my youth club. (laughs) And so he had this whole ministry that was like they put a skate park up in the mall. And they had all these punk rock gothic kids coming, high schoolers. And they, they rented out a an old movie theater and they had no seats in it. And they would do punk rock shows. They built a stage and they'd do punk rock shows and then preach the gospel. And so before the week was over, I'm sitting in this old movie theater kids are skating and i skated my whole life too so they're all skating out there and i'm looking around going what is this like i'm in a whole different world all of a sudden i i was like i these are real christians like they're really loving on these kids that mm-hmm. no one else loves and mm-hmm. and i just and josh put the micro first microphone in my hand ever he's like said tell your story so i get up and all these there's all these gothic you know face painted black makeup all this stuff like skaters and i'm sharing this story that i don't even know what to share other than i was a drug addict one day and the next day i'm not and now i'm here in front of you guys and wow and then he baptized me there so and then my mom calls me because i was going to josh's church so my mom calls me like a couple months later and she says, hey, this pastor is coming from New York City. I think you need to come and hear him at my church. So I'm like, all right, I'll come. So I go there, and it's this guy named Bill Wilson. He runs a ministry called Metro World Child. He's been in the Ukraine recently rescuing mm-hmm. kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Sunday schools all over the planet. It's the most reproducible ministry on earth. You can take it anywhere and do it. And we've been all over doing it. But he, So he preaches, and it ruins me. Like he just has all these stories you wouldn't even believe. And I go, I'm going to go to New York. So I went and met him and I signed up for this internship. And um, I'm like all scheduled to go and move to New York. And right before I'm supposed to go to New York, like a, like a month and a half or so before I'm supposed to go to New York, the SWAT team breaks in, comes, knocks on my door and then comes in my house and is like, I'm like, oh, great. And they had been following me because yeah. apparently I sold drugs. Someone set me up. I sold drugs to an undercover cop. Oh. And so they'd been following me to church. They'd been following me all these places. I had no idea. <laughs> oh, like, I was so clean God. at this yeah, point. Yeah. But I'm like, it wasn't even on your radar. What are you, who, what are you, who, what are you doing in my house? Like, yeah. I don't understand. And they're, uh, so they take me to jail. Then I'm on probation. Then I have like this special felony where that as long as I paid all my stuff and did everything, they would wipe it as if it never happened. Mm. But now I'm going to my 
probation officer. And she's like, you can't go to New York City for this thing. You can't go. Because mm. I had signed up. I'm like, I'm going to, for four months to New York. I just want to do that. I want to help that guy. And and so miracle after miracle happened. And she's like, all right, you can." they let me go. So mm. I go to New York for four months, which turned into four years. Because after wow. four months, I came back. And they had us, like, take pictures of everything. So, like, they put me... In forty a forty three story building in the projects in the Bronx. Wow! And we started a new Sunday school there. I was scared to death the whole time. Like I have never had so much fear in my life. Like I'm the only white dude in these forty three story project complexes. Yeah. I've never been in a city this big. You got and, the 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 Biggie Tupac like yeah. feud. You were yeah, into Nas. The West my Coast friend, side. my yeah. friend, my friend did Sunday school where Nas grew up. My other friends did Sunday school where Jay Z grew up. Like we were in these That's neighborhoods like, the whole wow, time. Wow. Um, it was it was so wild, and we had so we that ministry reaches. I mean, it's probably more now. Twenty thousand kids every single week. Wow, we had wow. seventeen teams going out all over. So they let me go. So I go there for four months, but we took pictures of everything. So they have pictures of me like preaching to like 500 kids on the sidewalk in New York City. And I come back and my my probation officer is like, well, obviously you are a different person. And she slides my book back of pictures and she says, I'm taking you off probation. Mm. I'm wiping your felony as if it never happened. And you are... You're off. You You're done. Wow. I'm like, okay. And so then I went back and was on staff for three and a half more years there in New York City. So that's how I sort of got into, I met Josh and then I'm in with these youth and then I'm in New York all of a sudden dealing yeah. with children's ministry. Okay. For so four years straight. You'll notice on our podcast, I, I have a time, I have to process all this information it's mainly for him it's yeah. mainly for me because i want to make sure i'm tracking because it's it really is really cool so i go through timelines again so 16 we're we're in weed we start mm -hmm. getting into more hard stuff by 21 mm -hmm. you're basically strung out yeah. right at this point right yeah. like you're you're doing whatever That's you can you're do. selling yep you're doing all that yeah i had a sell to pay for my habit basically, there you go at that yeah. point so and then at 23 gun to the gun in the mouth yeah you're about to commit suicide you have a a, a a experience with the Lord, right? Radically saved. Then you get involved and in, you said, hey, look, Lord, if you get me out of this, I will help children yeah. not get in the same situation that I'm in. Yeah. You then go to New York City, you're preaching or you're, you're, you and your group are preaching to, to 20,000 a week. Yeah, a week. Of kids in the yeah. projects. Yeah. And are you married at this time? Mm -mm. Not married. No. I wasn't in any condition to be married at that time. <laughs> so and the just, ministry was so busy. I mean, yeah. Six days a week, ministry. Three times a were day. Were you getting we paid? Uh, yes. We, they paid for housing and okay. a little bit of a salary to kind of live. So now we're in New York. We're preaching to 20,000 kids a week. And so what – so I know you ended up getting – hearing a little bit about your story. You ended up getting to California, mm -hmm. right? Was that after New York, California? Yeah, so I – yeah. And can, I, so tell me a little bit about California, what – because you were involved with a ministry that a lot of people, a lot of our listeners would know about. Yeah. And then I really love to hit on, um, man, what you're doing for kids now and mm -hmm. today and the books and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I think in New York I started to realize like, wow, we lead a lot of kids to the Lord. Like, I mean, we could – 
we I don't know how many children we led to the Lord. Wow. Crazy, crazy numbers. And year after year. And I, something got in me of like, because of how I was saved, I believed in God has power to deliver from drugs. God has power mm -hmm. to heal the sick. Mm -hmm. Like I just had this thing kind of in me and started hearing other preachers like talk about that. And I was like, whatever this is, I need to learn it. And I, yeah, I just started exploring other streams of Christianity that mm -hmm. I'd never explored, but I was kind Outside of doing of John it. MacArthur's. Oh, the... oh yeah, very <laughs> much so. Very much so. And I started, but, it, but I had this experience that was kind of driving it. Like I believe yeah. in the power of God. God. Yeah, I believe yeah. God yeah. can deliver from demons. And like yeah. I felt like I got delivered from yeah. a spirit of addiction. Absolutely. And so like I, I just started exploring and experimenting a little bit. Like, okay. I mean, I'd be praying for people. I had, I saw a few miracles in New York because I just like sneaky, like other people didn't even believe in this in our ministry. So I'm like going around praying for people and seeing stuff happen and going, this is real. Like, this is mm. real, but I'm just all by myself. And then I find out about Bethel. Like, I just found this book from an email from Bill Johnson, Supernatural Power of Transform Mind. It was one of those things like, I think I need to get that book. So yeah. I got it. I read it. And I'm like, this, this is calling something out inside me. So I read it again. I started experimenting more. Like I'm, we're just, I'm just going for it behind the scenes. So it's, uh, be more specific on experimenting. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? Because you experimented so, okay. with drugs too. Yeah, yeah, totally. So this is experimenting this is, this Christianity. This is your life. This you're is, you're yeah. an experimenter. <laughs> yeah, I have, I mean, I, could t I have story after story after story. I think one of the things that was really cool for me, we had, there was a deaf guy that would come on the train and he'd pass out little cards and you read them. It's like how to do sign language. So you kind of learn sign language stuff, right, from him. And then he walks back around and the other side of the card says, I need money. Give me, mm -hmm. donate, help me. And so he's down the train and no one is gi giving him money. And he's starting to get mad. He's literally kicking people. It's a deaf guy kicking people on the train, freaking out. And me and my friend are like, what are we going to do? And so I go, how much money do you have? We give, we have some change. We don't have, even have very much. We have a little bit of change and a couple bucks or something. So we go up to him and we just interrupt him. We're like, here, 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 stop. Don't kick people. And we said, we want to pray for you. And I said, what happened to your ears? And he tells me like he's an alcoholic and he lost his wife. And he, So is it just real, like, uh, like just broken? Is that like, or is he coming? He's writing at this point. Oh, he's, he's, he's writing. writing to us. He's writing a note to us and he's telling Jeez. us the whole story. So I he's said, completely deaf. Yeah. So I said, we're going to pray for you right here. And everyone is watching us because this is the dude who 20 he's seconds ago is kicking. kicking everybody. And everyone's like, is he going to kick us? What are we going to do? <laughs> right? Everyone's like, this guy is coming our direction. It's Jackie Chan yeah, about yeah, the Yeah, you either give somebody. him money or the guy's going to kick you. So we're like, we're trying to help everybody. And everyone's watching yeah. us. And I grab his ears and I pray for him. And nothing happens. And we're like, oh. <laughs> right? But I don't know. Back we don't know what else to do. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, put my, I'm like doing all, I don't know. I'm just praying. So we leave. Everything happens. Two months later, I think, 
We're on the train again, and the deaf guy comes in. I'm like, that's our friend. That's our guy. So we get our money. Like, he's not kicking anybody. Today. <laughs> but we get, he sees us, and he comes over, and he starts writing us notes. And he says, I have been an alcoholic since my wife left, and I have struck not, not been good. And he said, when you prayed for me, I have been free from alcohol ever since. I'm like, wow. oh, your ears didn't get healed, but you got free from alcohol. So that kind of sparked me. You know, we had yeah, another kid getting, yeah, yeah, she's getting off the bus and she's like, Pastor Seth, I won't be here next week. I have to have surgery on my leg. A piece of bone broke off and floated up my calf and they have to cut it out, get the bone, go cut down in here and put it back in and reattach it. And I'm like, what well, can I pray? And she's like, yeah. So I pray that the bone would float back down and reattach. And I, she gets off the bus and leaves and then she's there next week. And I'm like, hey, I thought you were supposed to have surgery. What are you doing? She's like, oh, yeah, they they cut me they cut my calf open and the bone was gone so they s stopped the surgery and scanned everything and found that somehow the bone had gone back down my leg and reattached i said that's what we prayed pray for, for like, yeah. we prayed wow. for that she's like oh yeah we did didn't we she forgot <laughs> like, oh my i didn't forget so i'm starting to see stuff like this yeah. happen but it's all just me kind of trying i don't even know what i'm doing like st still don't, but like, <laughs> I'm just going for stuff and seeing things happen. Yeah. No, thank so you. So we had sharing. a lot of that kind of stuff. And I, so when I read Bill's book, I'm like, I have to go there. And so I, I gave everything away, packed up my books and my clothes and, and you flew to, yeah, bought a bike and started riding to school. I would go to the Bethel School. The Bethel School mm -hmm. is it Bethel School of Empowerment or Bethel, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. Okay. So you started going to school. Mm -hmm. So no no job, no staff. I got a job at Manhattan Bagel. I felt like it was Manhattan and I just moved from New York. Like, That's God. So I get to the I apply for the job and the owner's like, Look, you don't be doing any weird stuff here. You're from Bethel. I said, I'm not. Because Bethel can have either a really that. great reputation yeah. if you if you truly sure, know I them. Yeah. To people who truly know any of them. Have deep respect oh yeah and love the people who don't actually know them yeah. often can have jade a, a, an yeah. interesting perspective and yeah. so you know he's like you can't don't be don't you pray for anybody don't you talk about jesus <laughs> like look i won't he's like if someone asks you you can't but that's it well by the time i was done like i just honored him and like i saw craziest story i we i prayed for the fridge to get healed I was so mad at the refrigerator for leaking. I was like, you fridge in Jesus' name work. And this thing, it started working. Like, I've never seen anything like that in my life. Like a machine got got free, got healed. And so, so by the time I was leaving, he was only trying to hire Bethel students. It was really wow. profound for me to go, oh, I even helped you with that. Because you had a bad perspective because of one student you mm -hmm. hired before. And now you only want to hire students and you want me to bring them to you. And. So that, yeah, somehow, so I, I get in and I don't, I quit everything. Like I, I knew when I went to Bethel, cause I had in New York, part of my struggle was I was so saved and le preaching the gospel, doing all this, but I would struggle with pornography at night. Mm. So I'm like preaching the gospel to hundreds of kids in the day. And then I go home and I'm not, so I'm just dealing with shame, shame. everywhere. Yeah. And so I knew, like going to Bethel, I knew I need to learn 
to just be with God. Like, I don't even know how to have a... My relationship with God is completely dependent on me preaching to other people. I have no wow. real relationship with God wow. for me. And so I, like, quit everything. And I don't... I did the minimum re ministry we were allowed to do. And I just was like, I'm just going to learn to be with God again. And one of the things Bill said, first thing he said was, like, I don't study to teach. I study to become. Mm. And then I pour myself out and I was like, dude, I've been studying to teach for four years. That's yeah. all I do is that's study really to teach. And that's what I don't have a relationship with God like that. So do you want to pause right there? Cause that say that again, you kind of yeah. rush by it, but Bill said, said, you don't study to teach, you study to become. And then you pour yourself out. Yeah. And then you pour yourself out. Uh -huh. And that's where I learned the difference between information and impartation. Cause I, you know, I write curriculums and have all that for churches, but I realize like, oh, a lot of times people are just studying to teach, whether it's a pastor. Well, in children's ministry, everyone studies to teach. Like, mm -hmm. here's your curriculum that you're yeah. going to teach for the next year. Study it to teach it. But then it's just repeated information, which becomes religious because just because you can repeat scripture, the Pharisees could repeat all the, all, the whole entire Bible, mm -hmm. word for word. Mm -hmm. And like, well, they're the ones killing the word of God in flesh yeah, because of what they have memorized of the word on paper. Mm. And so uh, that really rocked me and it affected how I did ministry for, from then on was like, I can't like, even when we write curriculums, even when we sell these, like the goal is not for you to study, to repeat information. It's for you to become this. Yeah. And then when you talk about it, it will it will bring transformation, not just information. Yeah, it'll bring impartation in kids. You know, it's like people listen to Bill. Like, I mean, some people listen to Bill and get real mad. Some people listen to Bill and they're never the same. Yeah, like, oh, that's because he's not just giving you information. He's releasing something spiritual into your life that can actually adjust you if you yeah. receive it and you become a different. It's not just it's transformation. He's passing out not mm. information to be written down and remembered it's to be received and that's and good this there's a lesson for the parents here like that's that's so important for us to you know to 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 do what we say we're going to do to become that person to to have a life and our live a life that is transformed and and communicate that to our kids yeah so that we can impart and essentially you know, with a with a way I'm thinking about it, with the the goal in mind that they don't have to go through the same struggles that we're gonna. They're gonna have their own struggles, but they're yeah. not gonna struggle with what what I had to deal with because yeah. I'm now living a life that's transformed because yeah. this is what I experienced. This is what I encountered, yeah. and that's kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about um, you know you and Trey and, and Kyle Brownlee. You know, you were so far into drugs. Like your life was radically transformed. Like there's no way if you can deny yeah. Jesus yeah. from this for the rest of your life yeah. because of where you were. Yeah. And I didn't grow up that way. And I think we have a lot of listeners that 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 grew up similar to me. Um, I know we have a few that have, you know, radically shifts in their life, but I like I grew up in the church and I didn't really get into drugs. I was more or less a good kid in society terms. Yeah. I didn't get in a lot of trouble. And, but I, it was lukewarm. Yeah. And it, for me, I had this slow transformation in my life over time, but how, however I ended up there, 
we've got to somehow remember that and, and hold on to that and anchor to that. And, mm-hmm. and that's where I think we, we, we can tie it back to identity and, yeah. and everything else. But I, mean, I wanted like, to say too, just yeah. on, I, that was, wow. Um, what I love about Bethel and you can kind of probably speak to this too, because I, I, I am one of those guys that listen to Bill and, and it, there is, it's, he's so power. His words are so powerful because it's, it's so real in him. Mm-hmm. Like it really is. It's, mm-hmm. it, he is just, opening his mouth on the expression in which he's experiencing God on a daily basis, yeah. which I love. But what I really, really love, and I'd love for you to speak to, um, because I am trying to implement this in my, in my children's life, is that that church, there is no JV Holy Spirit. Yeah, no mm-hmm. right? Holy Spirit. Yeah. There's no junior Holy Spirit. There's no JV team, yeah. right? The same Holy Spirit that, that saved you from killing yourself, yeah. right? The same Holy Spirit that Bill talks about on a regular basis the communion that they have can and, and and should be experienced by our children. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I, that's truly what I love about it. It's so generational. It, mm-hmm. the, the, the generations come together and as one. And it meets us where yeah. we are. And it meets us meets right where right we are. At right. seven, at three, at, at, at 15, at 58, it's yeah. the same. It's the same. Yeah. And so um, can you speak to that a little bit? And really, I'm just putting, I know this is kind of a turn, so I apologize, but yeah. I'm, I'm more looking at it from a learning perspective. I have a seven, five, and three-year-old. A lot of our listeners have young young kids or, or teenage kids. How do we um, how do we set that stage up for them to meet with the Lord yeah. at a young age? Does that make sense? Totally. Absolutely. Here, here's what I learned. So I was on staff 10 years at Bethel as children's pastor, children's director, children. Like we... I did everything with mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. basically except for the school i was a little bit involved but we what i learned was oh jesus said if you want to enter the kingdom you have to change and become like little children and i realized these kids don't have as much unlearning to do as adults mm. and it's actually easier for them to enter into this it's more natural for them they don't they don't they're straight from god himself yeah. like they're so what we i mean what you know people people would come to bethel and have you know they'd unlearn all this religion they'd unlearn all this western christianity yeah. that's like i take notes and then repeat it and i that's all i do yeah. and i collect books and whatever it is and they don't they don't have any of that you so people would unlearn all that and go oh i i can try i can try to do the same things that jesus and the disciples became apostles did like we can and so you know all these adults are like having to unlearn all this and the kids like you're like jesus jesus is the same yesterday today and forever he wants to heal the holy spirit there's no junior holy spirit like and it's easier for you to access, you're less tainted. You're less, you're less yeah, yeah. yeah. You you are so There's connected to the spirit yeah. realm. Yeah. yeah. You know, some even psychologically, people would say, "Oh, kids live from their subconscious until they're like, they've had a traumatic experience, or until they're like twelve, and then they start living from logic, and they start wow. living from right." But even kids are like, they're so in tune with the spirit yeah. realm, whether they have that language or not. not so we no. we saw like. I mean, I have story. I could tell you story after story of kids that saw the most ridiculous, crazy miracles, things that God would do, and but all that to say, um, 
that's that's one of the things I realized was, oh, this is easier for them. So I think as parents, as as people who have kids around, we got to remember like, oh, this is much, much easier for them, right? So like my son, my seven-year-old son right now, he is on this kick of praying for dead things to raise back to life. Wow. And I have not, I've been really intentional to go, like, I think this is an approach I've chosen to take for me is to go, I just want to live this in front of them. I, I realize I, my life is a more powerful lecture than any lecture I mm. could give my kids. Mm -hmm. And I am teaching far more when I don't realize I'm teaching. When I'm not trying to teach, I'm teaching far more because kids are paying attention to everything, sure. absorbing everything, right? And so a lot of times parents have a churchy type mentality like, I got to teach my kids all about this and this and this and this and this. Like, well, if you just lived it, they would get it, right? So I don't – I'm not like, son, we're going to have a half an hour lesson on raising the dead and Lazarus and Dorcas. Three-point sermon. No sermon. Like <laughs> – like no sermon. Where's you know? We read the Bible and we're like, yeah, man. So right. So my kids, there's a dead dog on the side of the road, and at night he's like, Dad, we gotta pray for that dog to raise back to life. I'm like, let's go, let's do it. So we're like, in Jesus' name, dog. And I'm like, the dog is half a mile down the road <laughs> in a ditch. That because my wife found the dead dog and put it in the ditch, and he's like. I'm like, okay, that dog is dead. Like, if that dog is not there tomorrow, I don't, you know, I have my own things of like, can, God, can you raise a dead dog from a half a mile away in a ditch? Well, of course, of course you can. But my kid is like, Dad, let's do this, right? So he, somehow, he is like on it. We've prayed wow. in the last two months, we've prayed for so many dead things to come back to life. Wow. Like dead snakes, dead dead rabbits dead like he sees anything dead he's like dad we gotta pray I'm like, wow. yes we do and so he's like pushing this but that's i think it's you know and my daughter like somehow i've taught her like i i have a strong belief about movies like i believe god is heavily influencing movies we know the enemy has an agenda Absolutely. in movies in disney mm -hmm. we know that obvious mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. jesus said in john 10 10 Hey, the thief comes not to steal, kill, not but to steal, kill, and destroy, mm -hmm. right? And so Jesus is revealing the agenda of the enemy. And as soon as he does, he says, but I've come that you may have life and life more. So he, mm -hmm. he goes, let me reveal the enemy's agenda so I can point out mine. And your job is to pay attention to mine. So we watch all these movies. Like I've preached sermon after sermon on kids' movies, built camps on kids' movies. Like the most profound things I've ever got from God come from kids' movies. And I... Like it sounds weird to say that. Yeah, no. Also from the Bible, of course. But but like <laughs> yeah. I I see things God is saying to society through movies, current movies, and so we were just in Spider Man, and my daughter comes out and goes, "Dad, did you see that?" I said, "What?" Now I saw Sp Spider Man. It's the new. Uh, sorry, I'm on a rabbit trail, no. but I'll no, come back. Good. I'll come good. back. Like I saw the whole theme of like. You know, it's the multiverse, and there's all these different mm -hmm. Spider-Man, and every story, someone has to give their life so Spider-Man can become Spider-Man, can step into a different identity, a new identity with new power, with new ability, and and he, and that's the theme of the whole multiverse is every story has an Uncle Ben or Aunt May that has mm. to give their life so you become who you are. I'm like, that's the Christ figure. Every – no matter what timeline <laughs> mm -hmm, you're in, mm -hmm. there's a Christ figure – 
That's the Christ figure. He yeah. gave his life so we can receive from him and become a new super, a new creation Creation, that's never been seen before with new ability, with new power. So, but she goes, Dad, well, this character is the government and this character is transgender movement and this, and she's like pulling us. I'm going, wow, girl, you caught that because I've taught them from movies. I'm like, oh, here's what Onward's saying. Here's what Incredibles is saying. Here's what Zootopia is saying. Here's what... You know, this is here's what Kung Fu Panda like. We've had, yeah. I've had powerful conversations with my kids and all this stuff. So she's now getting that as well. Yeah. So all of that to say, I think, you know, kids who see it, whether you're praying at night over them, whether you're praying for someone in the, you know, whatever you're doing, they're they're watching. We're teaching far more than we realize we are, and they're they think it's normal. Yeah, whatever we do, right? So. If I only go to church and that's the only time they see me pray or, you know, I love driving down the road and talking to God just regular. Like, all right, Lord, we're driving to gymnastics. Thanks, yeah. thanks God that we have gymnastics to go to and thanks we get to hang out. Like, I try to keep it as normal yeah. as possible so they see that and they learn to have this normal dialogue. But if they only see me pray at church, it's like... Oh, that's all they, that's what they think this is rather than there's a dead thing. Let's pray. There's a movie. Let's see what God is saying to us and telling us right now. And what are we, what's he trying to help us with? And so that was a long, no, that's, that's this, great. I have a couple things that I am, again, this is really just, I'm, it's more of a lesson for me. So you're talking to me right now because I'm in the thick of it with my kids. Um, so you, when it comes to when it comes to the media, when it, so I was thinking about your story, you actually started doing drugs because you were listening to music, music yeah, right? Let's yeah. do what they're saying they're doing. So yeah. music and movies have a very, 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 very powerful uh, tie to us. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with Sean Bowles, but Sean yeah, talks totally. about it, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. just the media and what's going on. Um, how do we, do you allow, so obviously you allow your children to see these things that are not quote unquote Christian. Mm-hmm. So like I'm in this phase at seven, five and two to where like, I'm almost, I'm cutting it all off. I'm mm-hmm. like, no iPads, no nothing. It's getting mm-hmm. out. Right. Yeah. Which I think is, is somewhat healthy. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think it's healthy. We don't, our kids don't have their own devices. Yeah. Okay. But as far as the other stuff, you're like, Hey, yeah. we watch it together. We talk about it together, and then we also, hey, what is God yeah. from a from a spiritual lens? What is God saying yeah. through this entertainment? Yeah. So keep in mind, I'm now 20 years into. I'm 45, so at 23, I get saved, and I went right into ministry. So I've been doing this. So I've encountered all kinds of parents who have different, and I've been the parent that's like, well, we'll never. You know, at first I was like, I'm never drinking coffee again. It's a drug. People are addicted to coffee. So I, you know, I've had very strong opinions. <laughs> I've about had three already, three cups, so maybe I'm oh, one of those. But over the years, like I've encountered a lot of stuff that parents yeah. are like, you know what? We'll never watch those movies because there's an enemy agenda and that's how I keep the door shut. I will not open that door. That that screen is a door to a unholy dimension and I don't want it in my house. Mm. And I go, okay, but if you're avoiding movies because of fear you already open the door mm-hmm. yeah the door's wide open mm-hmm. and your fear is the door you are allowing it in 
even though the screen is off because you're in partnership with fear. So we got to understand the difference between wisdom and fear. That's a whole other conversation. I do have boundaries with my kids. There's lots of movies, video games, devices we do not have, we do not watch. Obviously, yes. We have a lot of like, no, we don't do that. We also have a lot of like things that we do that a lot of other parents wouldn't do. Like if there's witchcraft in a movie, I love it. Mm. Like onward. Like, well, this is some interesting stuff going on here, trying to channel the dad. What You know what I mean? Like, say, here's why. Go, yeah, go into detail. Here's why. Yeah. So while some parents are like, we will not watch that movie because I don't want to open the door. I say, I want to watch that movie because I want to sh make sure I, I shut the door. Mm -hmm. So we'll watch these movies. And I tell my kids, I said, like, we just watched Elemental the other day. It was mm -hmm. the first time. Mm -hmm. There's a character in it. You know, there's a gay couple. There's all this stuff. They're trying to normalize things. So I told my kids, I said, we're only going to watch this if you're okay, if I pause it. And, and talk, talk about it. And mm. so I only watch those things with them. Why? If so, here's here's the reality that we need to keep in mind as parents. We have to keep in mind if they're going to be exposed to homosexuality, transgenderism, all witchcraft, yeah. occult. We're in New Orleans. We're in New Orleans. Yeah, like voodoo. Yeah. You're, if you want my my parents, some of my parents, my dad and stepmom live in Las Vegas. I'm like, you're gonna encounter porn. So obviously I'm not going to expose you to any of that yeah, sure. for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah, but yeah. if we're in Las Vegas with grandma and grandpa, you are going to see stuff that I can't control Right. what you're exposed to. So what I, so I want to do is introduce it at my, on my terms. If I don't introduce this stuff on my terms, and there's something powerful called the law of first mention. So whoever, mm. whoever mm. talks first, that's what kids believe is true. Right, So if mm. a parent doesn't talk first about witchcraft, doesn't talk first about homosexuality, doesn't talk first about transgenderism, doesn't talk first about hormone replacement, all the, you know, all the big things that are happening mm -hmm. right now, doesn't talk first about war, whatever's going on in the Middle East right this minute as we're recording, if the parents aren't the ones talking – Someone else is going to talk, and that's what kids will believe that's is so true. Good. So that then when you come so to tell good. them the truth later – what they believe – it's like racism, right? You can raise a kid here in the South, and they're told a lie that one race is better than the other. But because that's what they were told first, they believe it's true. So then you have yeah. these adults that think there's different levels yeah. of humanity. Correct. It's like, yeah, yeah. this is an absolute lie, but yeah. you think it's true. Yeah, oh, because that's that. what you were told first, right? So, so whoever talks first wins. I mean – has the advantage. I'm not going to say no, wins that's, permanently. That's, we we did a whole podcast. So my wife is actually an assistant principal at elementary school. Yeah. So she has encountered so many things. I mean, and this is public school, so yeah. it's not it's, it's not your private Baptist goes. Christian school. Yeah. And 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 so, you know, the the message to parents with bringing her on was to get more involved, to be a part of their lives, mm -hmm. to talk about openly about certain things. Whereas, like, I think. When I was coming up, it was most of the parents were just going to let kind of like let yeah. us figure it out on our own. Yeah. And, you know, that's just I think we've we, we can't do that with with the amount of information, with the the types of information and, yeah. and the the and agenda the amount of it and the coming, amount of it yeah. coming at the kids and very, very early. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, I I had <clears throat> ended up having the conversation with, you know, my I've got you know, two boys, my, my oldest is my daughter, but, you know, ended up feeling like I need to go ahead and have the sex conversation with my son 
um, at a very early age and it was very PG level type, yeah. but it was, it was, it's starting the conversation yeah. to where, Hey, this is what you might encounter. And now that's led to, Hey, one day you might see naked girls mm -hmm. on somebody's phone. Like, mm -hmm. let's talk about what that is and why that we don't, you yeah. know, we shouldn't be looking at that. And the danger of like, if we see that and not communicating it and saying like, you're not in trouble, but yeah. so like just having all those conversations and it's really just bringing an awareness. And I do feel like there's, there's been glimpses and, and moments of, um, of times where, you know, it has come out and they pointed it out. Yeah. There's a funny story. You know, Jack, Jack is my youngest and he is like, he has no filter, no yeah. filter at all, none whatsoever. And he's very loud. Yeah. Like he's, he's arguably louder than, than this guy, but <laughs> he, uh, we were in the middle. We were walking. We were in Charleston, South Carolina, of all places. This is completely irrelevant, but it's a funny story. But we were walking out to the car, getting in. We were going to drive to the beach. And the 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 parking lot attendant is sitting there, and he's smoking a cigarette. And Jack is walking by, and he's like, from me to you, like we're walking right back. And he's like, Dad, he's cigaretting. He's cigaretting. He's cigaretting. It's like, and you're like, and he's like, chill out. But it was like, you know, and, and he was like four years old at that point. But yeah. we had we had talked about it. And it's like, it sounds silly, but even just talking about, hey, this is something that, you know, could lead yeah. to addiction or, yeah. you know, like things like that. So it's just, we, we, we really started having those conversations at a very young age. Um, Which is good because yeah. if you don't, someone else will. What's the? I was, and I was you won't be there. What's the age? Like again, mine seven, five, and, and three. We just yeah. started really talking to the seven-year-old about. It, we talked about hey, this is what sex is. This is what I've even kind of had yeah. the talk of. If you see anybody naked mm -hmm. on anyone else's phone or mm -hmm. device, you come and tell mommy and daddy. Yeah. Like stuff like that, right? Yeah. So what? What is the age? that you would say, hey, we need to begin. Like, I haven't had the homosexual talk with him, but it's so funny in their natural nature that he will see a gay couple and he'll look at me and go, you can tell it's like, that's not yeah, something, just naturally, yeah. his natural nature, he, yeah. that's not right. Like something's yeah. not, you know. And so should I have that homosexual talk with him now and say, hey, look, buddy, this is, you know, and yeah. is that, is that... I think, yeah, the way, so I mean, I recommend you want to have as many of these conversations as you can and age appropriate. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if he looks at you like, oh, that's different. Like, oh yeah, there's a lot of people that think, think differently than us, believe differently than us. And then, so at least initiate, like, yes, point out the difference. A acknowledge so, that what he is feeling and seeing mm -hmm, is real. Right. Maybe not go into every detail in the world. Totally, absolutely. But, but acknowledge that hey, this these are some things that you will see or could see or have seen yeah. in the moment yeah. and and speak directly to them yeah. based on the age. Yeah, that and at. I think you know, you want to be really careful. You want to be really wise. It's like the kid, your son, who's like, he's cigaretting. He's <laughs> like, they're gonna they're gonna repeat. They're gonna say stuff. Out loud, so it's like. Well, I never told him that it's actually called cigaretting. Yeah, he just <laughs> he came up with it. He came up with that on yeah, his own. Yeah. But he's gonna say something yeah. out loud, really yeah. loud, based on what he knows right. already. Mm -hmm. So, I think you know one of the great challenges we face as parents is how do you do that in a way that says, "Hey, we love them. Mm -hmm. We value them. Jesus died for us, the same he died for them." Maybe our maybe our decisions that are sinful are different, but we're 
Yeah. We're all in the same boat yeah, here. Mm-hmm. And Jesus loves them as like he died for them too. Like mm-hmm. so to keep that how do you say we believe different? We think different. Here's why we think different while still going they're valuable to God. They're worth yeah. it to God. He loves them just like he loves us. They may not be living according to what we say the creator has created us for because maybe they don't even believe in a creator. So why would you believe in mm-hmm. being created a certain for a certain yeah. way if you don't even believe in him? So, you know, it opens up conversations around mm-hmm. evolution. It opens up conversations around the creator. It opens up conversations around marriage, all of it. So, yes, I think age-appropriate conversations, the more you can have them, the better because otherwise someone else is going to have them. That's so good. And you won't maybe be there to interpret. That's the thing that we've got to understand is we are the primary interpreters, right? So his whole life, he's growing up and he all he knows is mom and dad, mom and dad, mom and dad, mom and dad. That's just every, that's his whole entire world. And he's like, man to man, huh? What's that? Yeah. He, he's never seen, he's never, mm-hmm. his whole entire world is one way. And then he's like introduced to something else. But that's why I was like with the movies, that's why I've taken that approach is to go, I want to introduce these things on my terms because if I don't, someone else is going to introduce them on their terms. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not there to interpret, I'm up to their interpretation mm-hmm. of this. Yeah. And I don't want that. Like, so I'm not going to stick my kid in a public school without talking about transgenderism, without talking about homosexuality, without talking about any, I'm not, yeah. I will not put them in there if I have not had those conversations, mm. because otherwise now I'm not in charge. It's not on my yeah. terms. It's on their terms. And I don't want their terms and I don't want their interpretation. I want mine yeah. and I want God's. And so I want to be the first one to talk. So if a movie has some homosexual stuff in it, like I'm good, let's talk, yeah. let's point it out. Let's talk, let's discuss it. Now we're in the safety of our own home. Now you feel safe to talk to me about this. I'm not judging them. I'm just love. I'm just pointing out the differences. Right. So now we've had multiple, multiple conversations around this. There is a great book for three-year-olds, three, four, and five-year-olds called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, the Junior Edition. So mm. there's two versions. One's, one's for three to seven and the uh, three to six and the other's from seven and up. And it's about how to talk to your kids at three years old about internet porn. Wow. And they're talking about like, you have pictures of your family on the wall. Maybe you have pictures of vacation and the beach on the wall. Like, man, those are good pictures of your family. Every, even if you're in your swimsuit, that's the best. That's a good picture because it's your family and you know who took it and you know it, mm-hmm. right? And then like, on there's other pictures that aren't good. So they don't introduce porn in yeah. the three to six-year-old one, yeah. but they introduce the concept of good pictures and bad pictures. Yeah. In the older one, they talk about pornography. They talk about addiction. They talk about poison in the mind. They t- and my girl was exposed to it in, in the Christian school. She was exposed to it on the computer, and she came right home and goes, Dad, we saw pornography today. I said, what do you, what do you mean? She's like, there was a naked guy. I said, front or back? She's like, front. I'm like, okay, what what'd what? you do? And I'm just like, I know this was coming, so I'm not surprised. And I've prepped you. I think we we've got to keep we've got to adopt something that sheltering is not protecting. Mm. Sheltering is just delaying the inevitable. And the best protection I can do for my kids is preparation. Yeah. And so she's prepped. I was prepped. She comes home. I saw it. I'm like, well, what what did you do? She's like, I I got off it right away. That's poison for my mind. I'm like. Well, I know where you got you that, go. the book. Wow. Yeah. And then she goes, I said, what did the other kids do? She said, they kept coming back and like whispering and cho- joking and 
they kept coming back to us. So they kept looking at it over and over, and you didn't because you know it's poison for your mind. She's like, yeah, that's how people get addicted. Mm. And I'm going, you're eight at the time. She was like eight or nine, like eight, nine years old. Wow. Like, yeah. oh, that's all from the book. It talks about the power of addiction and wow. how it all works. That's and incredible. So I... That's a book, but I, you know, they're saying three years old, start discussing it Well, in very, yeah. very age appropriate sure. ways, right? You're not saying like, well, let me show you what it looks like. Yeah. No, no, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. right? And I'm never going to do that. But no. guess, but if, if I don't Somewhere discuss it mm -hmm. and that kid pulls out his phone and goes, hey, check this out, right? Like, oh, great. Now mm. that kid and his interpretation of this is what my son is adopting mm. to be true even though it's not because I haven't talked. Yeah, that's so that's good. That's really good. So, well, oh, sorry. Well, I mean, I know we're running yeah, we're, out of time. Uh, we've been talking for a while, but I did want to talk about, we I, we just kind of got into your story. Yeah. What you're doing now is actually yes. you, you started building this curriculum that you were selling to churches ultimately mm -hmm. for kids ministry, but now you're actually um, creating a series of books for parents I have a bunch, to- yeah um to to help them equip the uh, it sounds very similar to what you were just describing yeah um let's talk a little bit about that and then you know feel free to to plug it and and let people know where they can potentially yeah. go purchase it yeah as i think i was in ministry 15 years children with new york and bethel and i did a conference with kids and parents in the same room and it was the most profound thing i had ever experienced at that point mm. and he, God said, I told God, I said, I don't know if I believe in kids ministry anymore after this. And that's almost heretical to say, blasphemous to say <laughs> for a children's pastor who travels the world teaching children's ministry. Like, like I don't know if I believe in that anymore because of what I saw when kids and parents were together. And God said, Seth, if what happens in the church doesn't happen in the home, it's not Christianity. And it runs the risk of being event-based religion because you raise kids who think... Christianity is what we do on Sunday or Wednesday. It's not who we are. Christianity is not what we do. It's who we are. You don't turn this off and on. Yeah. And, and so he, I, I was like, and he said, Seth, you've been flying around the world helping the most, helping children's pastors, children's teams. You've missed the most important pastors of all, the parents. Mm. Like the first Sunday school is home. The first pastor is the parents. And I was like, oh. And so I, that's when I adjusted and started moving more towards families. Like we have to get stuff in the home. Plus, I saw so many kids like have these radical encounters with God, like crazy stuff over and over. And then the parents didn't know how to mm. you know, navigate it or help it. Or they're like, that can't be real. They that can't be. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, oh, man, you're undoing what God is doing yeah. in, the, in your kids in the church. So how do we get that in there? So, yeah, I have, I have a couple of books for parents, win-win um, family Raising Spirit-Led Kids, that one is more along the lines of like, what spirit's guiding your home? You know, I know yeah. you guys have had a conversation not that long ago. I listened to a podcast about religion and relationship. I'm like, oh, yeah. so many Christians think they're being led by the Holy Spirit when they're actually being pushed around by the religious spirit. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they have no idea. And so that book goes into that and orphans and slaves, um, orphans and and sons and daughters, slaves and friends, like all the spiritual components around what we do as believers and Christians in our homes. So that's raising spirit-led kids. I have obviously curriculums for churches, like a whole year of curriculums for churches. We now publish other pastors' curriculums as well. Mm -hmm. that Where can we find it all? 
the best website is spiritledfamilies.world. Okay. So that's kind of where all my resources are. We have a community of parents for free that then has courses. So I have a new course called designinggodsdreamhome.com. And there's like a free video. Okay. I can I could get the exact uh, no, we'll, we'll we can put, put all that in. We're there. gonna put all that on there. Yeah. yeah, so that one's like a two month course. And I go in like I had an encounter with God with Jesus and from Psalm one twenty seven one that says, Unless the Lord builds a house, they who labor, labor in vain. Mm. I'm like, dude, if we're not partnering with God and how we build our homes and our families, we could be doing everything for no purpose. In wow. vain. Completely in vain. And so I had this encounter where I see Jesus under my house and he's like uh, at the foundation and I walk up to him you know it's like a dream but I was awake and yeah. I'm I'm just thinking about the scripture and I walk up to him and he comes up and he's all sweaty his hands are dirty he's got tools all around his belt he's got his truck over there full of tools and he's like I'm like hey how's my house you know and he's like starting to point stuff out and he's like the rock on which this is built is my word the foundation you build it on top of that is your theology, what you believe about my word. The floors are your emotional intelligence. The walls are your revelation of the gospel because his walls are salvation mm -hmm. and his gates are praise. The walls and the doors of your home are what you actually believe about mm. the gospel. So you, it's more theology and emotional intelligence. And then the roof is community and that you know mm. community that keeps the weather out and builds on everything else that's underneath yeah. and so we did a two-month course on all of that i did three weeks on emotional intelligence which all comes down to are we living in our true god-given identity or are we living out of our flesh a false yeah. identity that we've been raised in our whole entire life so that that's there i do coaching yeah. i have coaches underneath me we do i mean we spiritledfamilies.world is the yeah. best place to find it but the other designing god's dream home is where that academy is with group coaching uh, we stick a coach with them to go through for two months oh, wow. to help them wow. with tools help them so they can and they can actually interact on the phone twice a week it's it's a whole system awesome. we've built to help parents kind of like move out of religion and legalism and control into holy spirit uh, raising sons and daughters and influence versus mm. control so, i mean it's i could talk on this yeah. for Dude, well you you got a months. you got a decent uh, instagram following too i see yeah yeah where can what, they find you on social what's media what's your instagram just seth doll just my name oh, all one word facebook and instagram i use instagram i know my name i got it early enough yeah no one else <laughs> but snagged you'd it. spell doll d-a-h-l d-a-h-l so it's not yeah doll like not a no, not at all. <laughs> but like, yeah, Facebook I don't use as much. Instagram I use more. Mm -hmm. um, and we, yeah, I I love it. It's yeah. amazing, man. Well, can you do this for us? Can you can you pray and yeah. can you pray specifically for the families that are listening? Um, just a just a fresh touch. Yeah. And and hopefully they can get some of this today. It can inspire them to to move and take a new step. Um, it's inspired me. I can promise you, you have a uh, someone that's going to be purchasing your books today. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be, on, yeah. I'll be getting all of those and looking into some of the other curriculum you talked about because we need this. Mm -hmm. You know, you really are. Um, it's almost like I see a picture of you being like a peacock, like you're just different than everybody else. Yeah. And the way and the heart in which you say these things is different than anyone else. Yeah. 
but not only does the church need it, but but the home needs it. Yeah. And so I am just thrilled that you were here today, how God just put this all together. Yeah. And um, would you pray pray for that, for, yeah. for the family? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Father, we thank you that we you're our ever-present help in time of mm-hmm. need. You're available to us as parents. God, I pray that all of us would would learn to access your assistance in our homes, in our lives, your wisdom, your thoughts, that that you would uh, remind us that your thoughts are not ours and your ways are not ours, but we can actually know you and we can actually know them. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, Father God, to to give us your thoughts, give us your ways, give us your wisdom, give us your direction in our homes, in our lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome you into every home, into every parent, that we would we would parent with you so we're not parenting in vain, that we wouldn't parent on our own, we'd parent with you. God, we pray that over every family, that, that, that your presence, your peace, your love would be would be felt, that you would remove religion from all of our homes and help us demonstrate what it is to live in relationship with you on a on an everyday consistent basis to our kids, God, that we could raise kids who really walk with you every day of their life mm. and really love you and really know you. Yeah, that they would be kids who know the author and the Bible. In Jesus' name we pray over every family. Amen. 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 Thanks for listening. We hope that you feel encouraged by today's episode. Help us reach the masses by leaving a review and subscribing to the show. We'll see you next time.